0: The scripture reading is from Luke chapter 19 verses 28 through 40. And it is Jesus's triumphal entry into Jerusalem. After he had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. When he had come near Bethphage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two disciples Saying, Go into the village ahead of you. As you enter, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, Why are you untying it? just say this The Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as he told them. As they were untying the colt, its owners asked them, Why are you untying the colt? They said, The Lord needs it. Then they brought it. Jesus and after throwing their cloaks on the colt they set Jesus on it and he rode along people kept spread as he rode along people kept spreading their cloaks on the road as he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power they had seen saying blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said, teacher, in order, they said, teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out.
1: It's the beginning of Send you to drama class. (laughs) It's the beginning of Holy Week, a period of time that the church comes together in solemn reverence, thinking about Jesus Christ, knowing. What Jesus Christ experienced many years ago. And He experienced everything during this Holy Week because of us, because of me, because of you. There is a song that says, if you ever needed the Lord before, sure you need him now. There is a prayer hymn that we used to sing the church when the church was only traditional. And it says, I need thee every hour. Most gracious Lord, no tender voice like thine can peace afford. And the chorus says, I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. If I had a good voice, I would sing it for you. But since I never have a good voice and I have a cold now, you're not going to hear it song. But who? among us, Christians, who would say we don't need the Lord. (coughs) Because every day, every day when we wake up, if that is the only prayer we offer, It is good enough. The prayer that says, I need thee, Lord Jesus. When the baby wakes up in the morning, the baby looks around. (coughs) And at times, the baby's, sorry. (coughs) Ah, the cold is still there. When the baby wakes up in the morning, the baby looks around to see who is around. And when the baby doesn't see the person that the baby loves to be around, the baby demonstrates with his or her voice. And when the baby sees the person around, deep down the baby is saying, don't you know I needed you? I need you. And then you see the smile. And that's the Christian life. We need Jesus. I need thee every hour. What is a need? A need is something that a person must have in order to succeed. You must have it. Because without it, that person will suffer physically, emotionally, mentally. A need is something you must have. We grow up with parents who try for us to understand there is a difference between a need and a want. A need is something you must have. A want is a choice. It is a desire which a person may or may not be able to get, to attain, to fulfill. Life will continue if a person doesn't, if a person doesn't get what they want. I am sure when we were kids, we understood the lesson between a need and a want. A need is something you must have. A want, I can survive without it. Life continues without a want. Wants are also individual. Every human being may have some of the same needs, but every human being will not have the same wants. Because wants depend on the person's environment, on the person's upbringing, on the person's background on a person's viewpoint. We can exist without the fulfillment of our wants, but we cannot do without the fulfillment of our needs. It is not correct. Is it not correct that we all need to eat? We all need to eat. And some of us have already eaten something this morning. We need to eat in order to live. In order for us to be strong. But the choice of what we eat learns towards our wants. We can want pizza for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We can want to eat only fruits or only veggies. We can want to eat caviar and expensive steak. Life will go on though if we don't get that. Seven needs of the average American, according to Gallup Poll, we as Americans, we need, we have the need for shelter and for food. Shelter and food, we all. And every day we search for that. The need to believe in God's purpose for your life. And especially if we are Christians, What would God have me do? The need for community and deeper relationships. That's a need we share as a people. The need to be appreciated and respected. We all have that need in common. To be appreciated and respected. The need to be listened to and to be heard. We have that need in common. The need to feel one is growing in one's faith because we as Christians need to experience growth every moment of the day. That's a need we share. The need for practical help in developing a mature faith. I mean, we talk about Sunday school, we talk about Bible studies, we talk about praise team, we talk about United Methodist Women's, we talk about all these small groups developed within and around the church. They exist so that we participate in them to grow our faith every day. The baseball player doesn't get better as the season goes on without practice. So the baseball player goes for practice. That's their small group. Just like the church has a Bible study group, a praise team group, a youth group. That's our practice, to practice our faith. And so on on that fourth Palm Sunday, Jesus made a conscious choice to enter the city of Jerusalem. It was not a mistake. It was a choice he made, a conscious choice to enter Jerusalem. And this was something he needed to do for the fulfillment of his earthly mission and the salvation of all of humanity. Because if he he had not gone to Jerusalem, his mission on earth will not be fulfilled. If he had not gone to Jerusalem, he would not have been betrayed. He would not have been crucified. He would not have died for the redemption of the world. So for those two purposes, Jesus had to go into Jerusalem. What a beautiful scene we see depicted in the story of Jesus' his triumphant entry into the holy city of Jerusalem. Jerusalem. You listen to the scripture read to us this morning. It's a lovely story, a magnificent story. After the story is read, there really isn't much left to say. The plots, the movements, the atmosphere, the emotion, they are all here in the biblical accounts. In fact, it is high drama at its best. Jesus is coming into Jerusalem. But once, once you've said all of this, you have to add that Palm Sunday is a terrifying day. I mean, I mean, I mean listen to all the people, the, the crowd shouting Hosanna, the palm branches on the, on the, on the streets of Jerusalem, And people were so happy. But after all is said and done, my friends, you calm down. And more so because you know the rest of the story. You know that Palm Sunday is a terrifying day. We cannot escape the terror of the passage. We cannot avoid the dark and sinister events that follow Palm Sunday. An innocent man is about to undergo what to me was a show trial, mocked, beaten, and crucified. And it's even more shocking because we know that God is involved in this plot. God is involved in this plot. God knows it's going to happen, because it's a part of God's plan for the salvation of humankind. God is involved in it. And sometimes we go through life thinking that God is only involved in that which is good. No! God is involved in everything. I'm not giving credit to anybody else but to God. He sees all. He knows all. He understands all. God is involved in this plot. Jesus, you have to go into Jerusalem. Jesus, there will be a trial. Jesus, they will beat you up. Jesus, they will mock you. Jesus, they will crucify you. Jesus, you will die for the sins of the world. God is involved in it, my friends. The day begins with Jesus telling his disciples to go into the city of Jerusalem. Listen again to the scripture. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. He sent two of his disciples, saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you will find a coat tied, tied there, which no one has ever read it here. <clears throat> if, anyone, <clears throat> if anyone asks you, why are you untying it? Say forwards, the Lord needs it. Not that the Lord wants it. The Lord needs it. The need is present so that His mission is fulfilled. The Lord needs it. It was Passover time in the city of Jerusalem, and we know the rest of the story. That because it was Passover time, the Jews came into the city of Jerusalem, celebrating what God did for them as they escaped slavery in Egypt. Because we remember that the last plague from God was the death of the firstborn of the people of Egypt. Egypt. And God miraculously saved the firstborn of the Hebrew people by death, passing over their home. And so, from that time, the people of Israel remembered what God did for them and would come together to celebrate the Passover. And it was Passover time for Jesus, Passover time for his disciples. But what people did not know was that this Passover will be the last Passover for Jesus on earth. Jesus knew it. The disciples may have guessed it. God understood what was going on. And in preparation, Jesus did something quite unusual instructing his disciples to borrow a young donkey upon which no one had ever ridden for him to ride as he entered the city of Jerusalem. Of course, fulfilling an Old Testament prophecy that this is, where, this is the way your king is going to enter the city of Jerusalem. Again, not by accident. Predicted thousands of years before the birth of Jesus Christ. He also equipped them with a response in the event that they were questioned about the the taking of the animal. They were to say the Lord needs it and will send it back shortly. I'm not going to take it away from you. I just want to ride into Jerusalem with it. What the people who welcomed Jesus into Jerusalem did not realize was that God was offering them An opportunity. An opportunity to join God in doing a new thing. That's what the day was all about. God was offering them an opportunity for them to join God in doing a new thing. God was fulfilling their need for a savior. And the need is stronger today in this world, in this nation, than ever before. And you can even bring it home that the need is stronger today within my family circle or my friend's circle. The need for us to join God because God is ready every moment of the day to do a new thing. And rather than simply smashing The oppressive government of that day, God was beginning at the bottom up to build a new way of life. That's the significance of the day, my friends. It's not just the palm and the clothes and every hosanna. No, God is ready to do a new thing. Are you ready to join God in doing the new thing? Are you ready to join God, my friends? God was starting with a small group of men and women that would grow person by person through the ages until it transcended all the governments of this world. That group now numbering the millions, and it's still growing. And Church of the Cross United Methodist is part of that group. And if the church is a people, then you are part of the group. And if you believe that, say Amen. You are part of the group, my friends, and that group, my friends, is building hospitals all over the world, and universities, and schools. That group, my friends, is healing the wounded and setting at liberty captive people all over the world. It is bringing people from darkness into light. That's the the mission of the church. And God, doing this new thing, is still asking you, are you ready to join the crowd so that we can do the new thing together? Palm Sunday is a reminder that Jesus confronted Jerusalem with a decision. And Palm Sunday means that Jesus confronts you, each of us, with that same decision today. Some of us have heard times deciding with crowds, and we want to be in the crowd, the large crowd of bystanders who watch the parade, or the small crowd of participants who march with Jesus. So you have to choose, my friends. Do you want to be with that large crowd of bystanders, did not know that God was doing a new thing? So I can join the group or do you want to join those who participated in the, in the new thing that God was trying to do on that first Palm Sunday? My friends, almost every person in this, in this nation believes in God. But how many people really put God first in their lives? How many of us put God first in our lives? How many of us wake up in the morning and say, God, I need you? I need you. Palm Sunday helps us understand that Jesus confronts us with a choice, a desperate choice. Do you have a need for Jesus as your King? Do you have a need for Jesus as your Savior? Don't celebrate Palm Sunday if you can't answer the question. There is a need. Do you have a need for Jesus as your King? Do you have a need for Jesus as your Savior? It has been suggested. This is not original it has been suggested that if our greatest need had been information, God would have sent us an educator. If our greatest need had been technology, God would have sent us a scientist. If our greatest need had been money, God would have sent us an economist. If our greatest need had been pleasure, God would have sent us an entertainer, but our greatest need was forgiveness. So, God sent us a Savior. Amen? God sent us a Savior. And this is why the crowd keeps shouting Hosanna! Christ is alive. And he's still leading his church until that day when oppression is no more. And everyone lives in dignity, in tranquility, and in liberty. Together under the lordship of Jesus, can Jesus count on you? That's the question. Can Jesus count on you? Are you ready to join in the parade of willing people? Because a lot of us can shout, Hosanna. But the key is, do you believe in the King of Kings, Jesus the Christ? D.L. Moody aptly observed. He says, We may easily be too big for God to use, but never too small. Never too small. And God is ready to name and to enlighten his kingdom. Because the good news about God is, is that he doesn't want any of us to perish. But he wants all of us to be within the kingdom. And why do you think Jesus went into Jerusalem? Why do you think Jesus was crucified? Why do you think Jesus died? Why do you think Jesus was buried? And why do you think Jesus rose again? He did all that to enlarge the kingdom of God. I am part of that kingdom. You may be part of that kingdom, but there is so much room left in the kingdom. And who are the builders of the kingdom? It is us. One by one, inviting somebody, sharing your testimony, and telling them about the goodness of God in your life, and inviting them to join the parade. The parade that says, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. The parade that says, I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore, I accept him as my savior. Do you believe in him this morning? (coughs) It is my prayer, my friends, that we join that small group of people, millions of them all over the world, for whom marching into Jerusalem was significant, but accepting the king in my heart makes the difference. The hymn says, I need thee every hour, most gracious Lord. No tender voice like that can peace afford. I need thee. Oh, I need thee. Every hour, I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Come to Jesus.